After watching this week's episode, we're inspired to help you plan your next party. One, get your supernatural acid. Two, get some gin punch. And three, don't forget to take home your Tupperware gift of lamb's blood. Let's do this. To this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm Liz. And this week we're going to talk about season two, episode 20 What is and what should never be? Should never be. Should never be. Never be. So Ooh. dramatic. So dramatic. So dramatic. So what's going on? How was your week? Ah, things have been good. I uh, I went and did my, my annual pilgrimage to a high school football game last weekend. Um, like like I do at least once a year, my alma mater happens to be one of the teams that, you know, usually makes it to championships. And my adorable niece was performing with the, um, cheerleaders and the drill team. So a little tiny thing, they had a little kids out there. So it was cute. So yeah, that was fun. And then, um, I had a dinner at one of my favorite places in deep Bellum, uh, at Niwa and, um, with some good friends and had drinks at Thunderbird where I had best frosty beer mugs and uh yeah that was was most of my weekend you know like it's good nothing like I didn't like get wild and crazy at all but it was good stuff uh getting out wild crazy girl it was was active like more like I don't know I'm kind of tired I'm gonna get I'm not ready for my work trip at all but that's okay (laughs) so yeah that's what I'm at how about you uh, my weekend was fairly tame. I did some Halloween crafting, which is always yeah. fun mm-hmm. um, because uh, Joanne Fabrics got some new mannequin heads in and their Bride of Frankenstein's. And they also had Dracula's, but I just bought a couple of the Brides of Frankenstein's because I actually need I actually need them. Go need them for hats and to like put my bat wings on and other things. So spent most of the weekend just hanging out and, and painting, which was good um then last night I went to my first introduction to Ariel's class Woo-hoo. and I got to play on the silks um and the and the lira which is the hoop thing and also uh the sling which is basically kind of like the rounded version of the silks that you know you, yeah and fuck that hurt um that was <laughs> i am i have got so like with this the sling it goes pretty much like you're all it's getting wrapped around like your hips at the top of your hips uh-huh. and so basically all <clears throat> pounds of me was basically like hanging on this tiny you know on on these these silk things and wow those dig in a lot and they hurt but it was a lot of fun and cool. I, this this is at sky candy in austin it's uh just a gem that's devoted to circus arts and so they have trapeze classes and 
ropes and lira and silks and all sorts of fun things. And I'm starting my lira classes in October. So I'm really, really excited mm. for that. Um, they're also like, I think it's really cool because they're like, you know, this is circus arts for everybody. So the class that I'm taking in October is lira for plus sized women. So I don't have to be because my introduction had lots of skinny bitches and you girls are great. Love you. But um, yeah, I would have much rather been there with other people who are at my current fitness level, which is not a fitness level. Then I don't have one right now. And of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, I still have a really strong core. I'm like, bet you haven't done core work in months. Like you, your core is like, no, oh, that's, that's just all upper body and core upper body and core all day well and legs so like the, sure the legs, silks, it's yeah. full body basically but so yeah, much it's, core it's but yeah the core is key and so you know it, i at least have good muscle memory there but it's still like oh i don't have that strength anymore but it was a lot of fun and today i went to the dentist and got lots of molds made of my teeth so if i see any of my teeth for sale on the dark web i will know who to blame and then i went and then i went to go finish up my show notes at laura which is uh aaron franklin's uh asian Asian expedition with, uh, I think he's with the guy from Uchi. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was it's supposed delicious. to be amazing. I can't wait to go to the one in Dallas. I've heard so many good things. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. That's really good. And so Diana is going to Nashville tomorrow. I I'm am. going to Vegas on Thursday. Yeah, because you're listening on Thursday, but we recorded this on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. yeah, So that's what's happening. So that's so by the time you're listening to this, I will already be in Nashville and Liz will be on her way to Las Vegas. So our war, our warring music festivals. (laughs) Americana versus punk rock. Oh, there we go. Yes. Which is funny because we both like both. So it works out. But it's funny. And our outfits will still probably be similar. Yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Well, awesome. Uh, well, uh, I know. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? So in honor of this episode, I am drinking the Jen Jen from uh, what's High's new name or the bigger name? Well, uh, Ruminate, Ruminate Distilling is yeah, who okay. the creator is. So uh, they used to be based in High and they're proprietors of High Rum and now based in Dripping Springs. Dripping. Um, so I made um, a, a, a cocktail. I made a French 75. <laughs> so which is basically Delicious. gin and some simple syrup and lemon and bubbles so. well i'm out of my gin the i have gin with a g i'm out of my that gin so i am drinking just bubbles though so i match you a little bit in that regard mm-hmm. we're close so as long as you just need a little prosecco yeah, and we will, of course, uh, post a picture of the Jen Jen bottle because it's gorgeous mm-hmm. and is very fitting to this episode. It is so, actually weird. Yeah. Yeah. So we are on episode twenty. We're getting near the end of season two. Very exciting, and we'll talk about what that means later on at the end of this episode for us. Um, so there's a lot of good things to talk about with this episode. So like, you know, like we said, it's episode 20. This originally aired May 3rd, 2007. And it was actually directed by Eric Kripke. So the head writer, ex- you know, executive VP, he's actually directed this. And so I got to watch this episode many times because they're on the DVDs. There is a commentary by him. So I got I watched this episode a few times. So I had to watch the commentary and then go back and rewatch the episode without the commentary because you can never tell 
what's yeah. going on when somebody's yeah. talking. It's hard it. to do that. It makes it very hard to do that. Yeah, but so I learned lots of lots of things from that and from other research. And one thing that I thought was very interesting was that this was actually inspired by my least favorite episode of Buffy. And that is Buffy's norm, um, normal again. And that is the one where she gets the deep, she gets injected by demon poison and she ends up in a mental hospital and like goes into this whole reality yes. switch of like, what if I was never the slayer? Yeah. But it always fucked with my head so much because it's like, what if all of Buffy wasn't real, right? Well, of course it's not real, but you know what I mean? Like, what, and no, so I I'm, like, what if the story never happened kind of thing? Yeah, and at least in this one, I think there's a clear line, and oh, yeah. he's not in a mental hospital. Like, so it's in the mental, like, it's that terrified me in Buffy because I'm always like, what if you're you're in the Matrix, right? This is none of this is real. This is all a simulation. It's all a simulation. So you're a lizard person, Ugh. you know? Yeah. So bleh, I hate that episode of Buffy. Like, I don't like whenever I do a rewatch of the Buffy series, I skip it because it freaks me the Whoa, fuck that much. Out. All right. No, it's for people who have like questioned their mental stability. Not a good episode to watch. No, no, I get it. I get that for sure. No, it was a very upsetting episode. And this one in some regards was as cheap as well. So yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but basically Kripke waited. He wanted an episode that he could really like dig his teeth into. And he basically became, like he said, a dictator in the writing room. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of tossing around like what this fantasy was going to be. And, you know, really they got into, you know, the idea of this alternate reality and he's like, what if Mary never died? And one of the, one of the first pitches though, uh, was to have Dean just be a total loser and a bar fly. And, but they were like, you know what, this is Dean's wish and his fantasy. So in his fantasy, he probably wouldn't be that much of a loser. And we were obviously going to see some problems with Dean's paradise, but. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I think they chose a good approach to this. Yeah. And for people who have watched the series, unlike Diana, um, this is the first time, you know, if you haven't watched the series, this is the first time that you get to really hear from Mary, right? right. So if you think about it, the only time that you ever saw her speak was just, you know, as um, a ghost. As a ghost. Uh, as a ghost, we said, I'm sorry, you know, what happens when she died? She never really, you never got to see her personality. So I think that's really great. We get the introduction. We got so much of John's shittiness. And now we get to see kind of what Mary, at least Dean's perception of, of what, Mary, what Mary would have been like. So let's, let's, yep. So let's jump right into this. And so we're going to start off with Dean's going to be in the car. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed this, but the sign outside of, of Sam's hotel room was for Juliet. Oh, I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's what my mind it was like, pew. Like we just talked about Juliet on last week's podcast. Yeah. And now I was like, oh, serendipity. How did this happen? That's crazy. I didn't even notice that. Wow. Yeah. And so, and they're fugitives right now. So Sam's in the motel, Dean's out driving around and Dean's searching for something and that's been killing people. Um, and uh, Dean's searching and Sam is researching gin, spelt to be clear, D-J-I-N-N. Um, and they're talking about how like, yeah, they're gonna be like probably like some kind of ruins or something with a lot of rooms where they can hide around. So Dean decides it's his great idea, duh, it's Dean, to go search alone for this and of course finds as the series is so excellent at locating another abandoned mm-hmm. industrial park 
Well, and I thought it was interesting that there's an abandoned industrial park that is clearly an abandoned office, but like an old, like yeah, with the like typewriter. Like the old typewriter still there. Yeah, it was very like. I'm like, who left all the shit in the office? Like, okay, and I actually somebody, want to find some, this. Somebody would have jacked that typewriter by now. Yeah, I know, but it, but it was great. Like, I this That's is the funny. type of abandoned building we wanted to watch. So yeah. he's walking around and he's clearly being stalked by somebody and he has this knife. My first thought was, why is this knife bloody? Yes, exactly. I'm like, what the fuck? His knife is already bloody. This is not a good sign. But we don't get that answer for quite a while in the episode. Yep, but at least they do fulfill that. But yeah, that was definitely one of my like, oh. Yeah, so finally this like heavily tattooed dude, because that's always the dangerous ones, um, <laughs> jumps out from a corner and grabs Dean. And then, but then his eyes start turning blue and he starts turning blue. And then Dean starts, starts turning blue and his eyes are all black in his head. And and also some fun tidbits on our, our Jen, who was heavily tattooed and ordered. So it was inspired by this woman who had a bunch of like Eric had seen um, a picture of a woman with a bunch of Hannah tattoos on them. So that was where he got the inspiration. But they're like, you know, this makeup takes like three to four hours. So with the actor, they're like, do you mind if we just do this once? And then you just keep it on for the rest of the shoot. So this guy, trooper that he is, basically got his makeup done at the beginning of the week and then wore the makeup for the rest of the week. Like as he went grocery shopping, as he oh, went I'd to like to get coffee. Store. Great, and he was like, like cabs won't pick me up. I cannot get a cab ride. <laughs> so I, but I also just think that's baller. I'm like, yeah, man, like okay. that's, that's good. Okay, yeah. And also like, if somebody told me you can sit in this chair for three to four hours every day, or we can do this once and then you can go about your life. I'd be like, okay, once. Yeah. Once. Yes, please. Yeah. I mean, that's probably half the reason I can't get lashes done. Not just a, a few reasons, but one of them, one of them is to just sitting there for two hours while they put them on stresses me the fuck out. But it's also really great, which is why I love that. Because for those two hours while I'm there, oh, nobody so can so fucking anxiety. bother me. Like it's so great. Like it, so I so much anxiety. I like even <sighs> if I get my nails done. Like if I'm depending if I'm getting fancy shit done, like I did this week. Like sitting there for a couple hours. Like at least I can like fuck with my phone. I can have a conversation. I can do things. I can't do that when I'm getting my lashes done, and that makes me get them down. And that's why it's so great. And it also depends oh. on where you're going. Obviously, like I have a bond with my lash girl, so sometimes like we also we like true crime. Pop- podcast so sometimes um, we'll listen to true crime podcast that would help yeah yeah she's got pretty good taste in music i mean there are times where like we're in the second hour and i just start fidgeting because but it's like your eyes are taped shut and you cannot do anything and so it's like so work, stressful. <laughs> i know but work can't bother me like this is the only time where i don't feel guilty and i'm just like hey yeah. can't, i can't can't do I anything can't. about it yep all right fair yeah. enough all right, so um, the next scene we get, uh, there's a classic horror movie on TV. And was you it Creature know, from Blue Lagoon? I, I think so, but I wasn't sure. And then I forgot to look it up afterwards. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it wasn't in the transcripts. And, okay. But I based on just like, I didn't like, didn't rewind it. Was, it. it was a big swampy looking creature carrying a chick. Yeah, so I, I think it was Creature from Blue Lagoon. So, uh, so yep. And Dean's waking up, and the first thing that you can notice as he's waking up is that he's not wearing his amulet. His mm-hmm. normal necklace is gone, and he's got just a silver chain on. So that's your first clue mm-hmm. that something something is Something's different. Off. Something's amiss. Something's amiss. Yep. 
and he's got a naked chick next to him. Not necessarily shocking. I mean, it's Dean. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, so he starts walking around he calls Sam and, but it's like kind of like middle of the night ish or like early at morning hours. And he's just like confused because he doesn't know where the fuck he is. He's walking around this apartment, doesn't know where he is. Sam thinks that he's drunk on gin, funny enough. <laughs> and um, apparently, and, and drops that the person he's sleeping next to is named Carmen. And Sam is sitting there reading law books as we cut to him repeatedly. So obviously, there's something off here where Sam's reading back, you know, doing law school stuff. And Dean has a woman that next to him that Sam knows the name of. So Dean finds mail um, on the counter and it's, he's in Lawrence, Kansas. It's a Lawrence, Kansas address, mail address to him and to Carmen at this house or this apartment. So kind of interesting so carmen comes up and finds them invites him back to bed and he's kind of hesitant which is weird for dean was my comment i'm like whoa <laughs> whoa what is going on here with dean woman's he invited to be... bed and he hesitated he must be very distraught about the yeah. situation he was very concerned he doesn't want to fuck this strange girl yeah i was very concerned about that i was like whoa he is fucked <laughs> up about this um but yeah so he's able to find a photo uh on the counter that that um that t- just totally freaks him out and um so and he drops it so he drives across town to his childhood home and knocks on the door and who opens the door who's there it's mary <gasps> Mom. <gasps> Mommy. so he tests if it was her by asking what she would say before he went to bed at night and ends up there was never a fire and he's like, is this like a wish come true? But it ends up also, John's still dead because John had a stroke in his sleep. Yep. And so I think something that's really interesting, you know, so we've got a lot of the photos that you're seeing are very important to, you know, so at Dean's apartment, you got the picture of Carmen on the beach. Mm-hmm. You see him pick up a photo and drop. Now we're at the, you know, at the, you know, the Winchester home, home and there's yeah. all these photos around. And so obviously a ton of these were photoshopped and we get to some oh, funny yeah. ones, but all the ones of Jared and Jensen as teenagers teenagers those are their real photos so the pic that picture of really awkward jensen at a, in a prom tuxedo that yeah. was his prom picture that's the great. picture of jared in the the orange cap and gown those are from madison high school because that's their colors and that's y'all that's you terrible. have real you terrible. have really ugly colors you terrible. do i'm just saying yeah no, so those are all real so they oh, they took some of their childhood pictures and photoshopped like other people into it which is why it gets even funnier because it's like yeah. oh this is you as a kid and we're just gonna put it out and like and it's terrible photoshop work there is like that's nothing hilarious. that's trying to make this look good <laughs> yeah there to be yeah. there yeah that's greatness so Anyway, so he just really like just kind of convinces his mom that like, look, I just want to, I just want to sit in the living room and sleep, maybe. So he just wants to sit in the house, basically. He just wants to be there. And then he wakes up on the sofa and tries to call Sam again and gets voicemail. So oh, and there's another photo when he wakes up. Did you see that? It was dad, mom, and and Dean and Sam all in matching sweaters. They had ugly, yes. they had an ugly Christmas ugly, sweater ugly photo. Christmas sweater photo yes that was fucking brilliant that was a they, good they did a good job i thought i mean for, yeah. like obviously they're not gonna like i mean it's for a tv show they're not gonna spend like make it like so pro you're gonna print a freaking 11 by 17 of it but like having like a 
a good array to at least sell it. <clears throat> I appreciated that. Yeah, I think like for that, they took an awkward, it looks like they took a photo from awkward family photos. Put their faces in it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so we cut to Dean at the, I was meeting with an anthropology professor who obviously knows that it's um, not, um, that he's not one of his students, even though he pretends to be. And he's asking about gin because he knows, he remembers having this encounter with the gin. You know, Dean is, knows where he was and who he was hunting the gin and then woke up and all of this is like this. So he's like, huh, I probably need to check on this. Um, so he's asking like if they can actually grant wishes or alter reality and why would they do that? Is it self-defense or is it not evil? And uh, everyone just keeps asking, like, this is like the third time Dean has asked if he's been drinking. It's pretty funny. Everyone just assumes he's fucking loaded. Yep. It's kind of fair. So, and then he goes out to baby and we have okay, one of the wait, 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 wait. Okay, we have a really sad moment. We've got a really sad moment coming up. But yeah, I know. But we're going to pause because we're going to talk about gin. Because this oh. is like. Is that, <laughs> well, just... Anthropology time, time to the gin lore. Right. Yeah, it was time. It was like, where can we fit this in here? And I figured, okay, the professor is going off about his Laura on Jen. So let's talk about some of the actual lore. So lore. All right. So one of the things I think is, you know, so you you hear the word Jen, and if you're not a complete idiot, you can probably figure out that Jen is genie, right? So, and there's a lot of ter different terms depending on what language you're talking about. So this one, which is a Diana um, pointed out, was D-J-I-N-N. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also been known as DJINNI. So that's where some genie. people think genie came because it was like, oh, yeah. it was an English, English somebody that popped it out. Um, but you can also see it spelled with J I N N. Um, and then there's also, depending on which type of gen you're talking about, there's other things. We'll get to that. But in general, this comes from Arabic lore and it's a type of interfering spirit that's often demon like, but not a demon, right? And it's believed that the belief in Jen has been around since before even the Islamic religion hmm. was ever done. So, but the exact origin isn't clear. Uh, some believe, according to the evolution of the concept of the Jen, that Jen are adaptations from ancient Mesopotamia, but others argue that they were shaped through Persian influence. But everyone agrees that pretty much the center of this all happens in the Arabian Peninsula and within the Islamic culture. Um, so the first time they actually moved outside of the Arabic realm uh, was for Shahrazad's Thousand and One Nights when that became popular. So that's where we get, you know, the genie, that's where we get a Latin story, right? So that's where we get that genie that American culture is probably most familiar with. Either Barbara Eden, who is not anything like any <laughs> anything, but, um, but also, you know, the uh, Robin Williams version and now the Will Smith weird mm -hmm. i haven't watched that one yet I haven't, I haven't been able to bring myself I to do it watch it it's fine it's it's a good if you're really bored on your couch on a saturday afternoon you got it's nothing else watching. going on yeah it's it's pretty um <laughs> and they and they certainly update it for some more modern things so it's not quite as hey jasmine's gonna marry a homeless dude like it's pretty much just what she's doing right so anyways okay so the pre-islamic version of the gen we're always thought to be malicious and we're born as smokeless fire and not immortal. They roamed deserts and the wilderness. 
And while normally invisible could also shape shift to any form, but for it to not be a temporary shift, it would have to be the tribe's protector animal, which I think is cool. The tribes have like an animal that protects them. And hmm. like, then it's like, oh, so our protector, you know, our whatever desert animal, I don't know what animals there are in the desert, but so yeah, that it would just be. <laughs> there's, snake, there's, there's no ropes. Yeah, well, we'll get to the nope ropes. Yeah, there's definitely that. But so historically, they've also been interwoven into the story of King Solomon. And we've talked about this in a previous episode when we were talking about Solomon. And we we talked then about how Solomon's ring was used to control them. And so basically, he had the gen build his temple and all those things. But this is also where the idea of the genie in a bottle may come from. Because within one of those stories, a jealous Jen, sometimes identified as, as Asmodeus, stole the ring while Solomon was bathing in the River Jordan. The Jen t- put basically took over the kingdom, sat in his throne, and made Solomon become a wanderer of the desert. God compels the Jen to throw the ring into the sea. Then Solomon gets the ring and punished the Jen by imprisoning him in a bottle. So that may be where that idea comes from. Yeah. But tra- yeah, traditionally within like most of the things about Jen, they're not put in bottles like that's hmm. more of just something like a, a, I think an, a westernized version of things uh, the poets in pre-Islamic Arabia often said they had a special gen as their companion sometimes they would attribute their verses to the gen oh. um, so there was always like oh you know so the gen would there you know becoming a muse you know and starting we're starting to see the shift from malicious to to kind of helpful and okay. um, although like they're always even if they're helpful or not helpful like they're always mischievous uh there's an old persian story that i love so one day a lady goes to the public bathhouse she pays the attendant and goes inside once inside she notices someone in the room with her she looks down at their feet but instead of feet the person has hooves the lady freaks out and runs outside as fast as she can she rushes to the attendant and tells her that she saw someone with hooves instead of feet and the attendant looks up at her lifts up her skirt and says like these and she also had i just love that story i think that's hilarious um So they also, the the, the pre-Islamic version of this, they also had a whole set of exorcism procedures to protect yourself from the jet. And so these can include beads, incense, bones, salt, charms written in Arabic, Hebrew, and Syriac, or the hanging around of their necks of a dead animal's teeth, like a fox or a cat, used to frighten the jet and keep them away, which I think would frighten most anything away. Like, where did you get the cat's teeth? How did you get the cat teeth? Like, did you wait until the cat died and then took them out? Did you kill the cat? Like, no, yeah, no, I I don't care if I'm a jet or a person. Like, you have some cat's teeth hanging around your neck and- You don't hang out? Yeah, no, we're not gonna be friends. We're just not. Yep. So the more modern versions of Jen have some that you that are very beautiful and good natured. Uh, but basically, the idea was, you know, when we think of this from the you know the Islamic stories, is that they were Jen were created on the day of creation from smokeless fire, and that was also when humans were created from clay and water, and angels were made for light. So we had humans, clay and water, and we've got the smokeless fire thing. Um, 
but this makes a lot of there's a lot of things where this comes into why the gen are rebellious and mischievous because they were they felt slighted by a law that you know like hey like why did you have to make something else like we were pretty cool and then you had to make people and they suck so we're gonna fuck with them uh yeah and even though some of these are nicer, like if you make a deal with them, they're going to find some way to punish you if you fuck it up. And they're also going to really enjoy punishing you. They're just going to think that's fun. Okay. Uh, the, they can live anywhere, but they do prefer to live in deserts, ruins, and places of quote unquote impurity, like graveyards, garbage dumps, your bathroom, camel pastures, and hashish dens. <laughs> And so they can also live in your house, but they generally will be in places in between shade and sunlight. Uh, they also like marketplaces. So Muslims are often warned not to be the first to enter the marketplace and not to be the last to leave it. So I don't know how you get to avoid being the guy like or gal who goes in first and and we yeah, last. Be first or last. Yeah, like yeah. everyone's just kind of like you're just like standing outside the gate. It's there like you if you get there early, like you get early for an appointment, and you're like, I don't want to be the first time here. I'm like, I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> so there, there are gen who manifest as snakes, scorpions, creeping animals. I'm not sure what a creeping animal is, and dogs, uh, especially black dogs. Those are gonna be like okay. devils and also cats and according to folklore a cat should not be chased away early in the morning or late at night lest it be a shape-shifted gen who will then take revenge on you also just don't chase away cats like why why are you making the cats run away like cats are your friends they should be your minions so uh jen do i'm just trying to imagine i'm trying to imagine kevin being a gen sorry it's possible. I mean, he, there's some that are really he dumb. Mis- he is mischievous and not so mischievous, smart. And there's some that aren't very smart. And so Kevin can, you know. Uh, so for, for those that don't know, Kevin's my, one of my dogs. Yeah, Kevin's not a person. Kevin's a black dog. <laughs> uh, but not a black dog. Not like, you know, not like the uh, the the ones that are going around no, causing. No, no. You know? They don't like, he doesn't like work for Satan that I know of. Yeah. Well, we don't, uh, someday we'll, we'll. That's okay. We'll do a whole thing on black uh, on black dogs one day. Um, I think they come up in here somehow. So, okay. So Jen also, they, they can fall in love and um, they can also fall in love with humans and marry mm-hmm. them. Uh, there is some controversy about whether or not it's lawful to marry a Jen, but most Islamic jurists believe that it is not. It also depends on which lore you're looking at, whether or not this union would produce children, and if so, whether or not those children would then have gen powers. According to one source, if the mother is gen, then the children will be invisible, and if it's the father, then he would be visible. I don't know. So, wait, hold on, the kids would be invisible? Yeah, only if the mom's a gen. But if the very dad, complicated to raise an very, invisible child. Yeah, they're just running around smacking shit everywhere. Um, but also, like the moms and Jen, so she would probably be able to like see their their kid doing whatever. I hope so. Yep. There is a, a clan within the United Arab Emirates to this day who claims they descended from a female Jen. So I don't know if they think they can be invisible or not. But, you <laughs> that was know. my first question. I was like, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, but the gen do have a regular life cycle complete with uh, like heaven and hell waiting for them. Uh, they're but just like humans, you know, they're born to a mother and father, eat food, drink, and just have as many emotions as we do. And so um, some gen can decide to be evil, some can decide to be good, but most of them kind of find fall somewhere in between. Uh, so there's three to five types of gen, depending on who you ask. Um, in general, like I said, they're not very nice to humans. Uh, some magicians can gain power over them like Solomon did. But so some of the most common types that are known, so we have the ghouls, AKA zombies. So these guys like to sleep all day and hang out in cemeteries at night. Promise, not a ghoul. Um, they love eating human flesh. Brains. Brains. And they're not very smart and they're not very strong, but they can still be dangerous because, well, you know, they eat people. Um, so I kind of pictured them as like the Romero zombies, you know, the slower. Right. We're not, this is not 28 Days Later zombie. No, this I don't is, like those. Yeah. Uh, but they can also like, well, they're dumb, but they can, uh, they're also good at kind of like tricking you to like get into some place that you can't get out of and then they'll eat you. Mm -hmm. uh, but they really like to eat children and babies, probably because, you know, they're tender and they like to drink human blood steal coins i don't know why they steal coins and eat just general de dead bodies okay. and they, they also can shapeshift and this type of gen are never good they cannot be redeemed so they're always just going to be people eating zombies um we're gonna say something no that's about right i mean most of the zombie lore you they aren't really redeemable so that makes kind of sense well let's see what i zombie i mean she was pretty nice she was yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. even in that it was noted that she was like an anomaly yeah, true. Uh, there is a, a type called the Vitella, and these gen, instead of eating the dead, occupy the dead. And Ugh. so while they're inside a corpse, the corpse won't decay. So it can be hard to tell the difference between a, a human and a gen in a dead body because it just looks like, you know, unless it was somebody you knew who, who was dead. Um, these can also shapeshift. And they have psychic powers. They can see into the future and read minds. Minds, not mimes. I mean, I guess they could probably read <laughs> mimes. I hope they can but... read mimes. If they can read minds, they better be able to read a mime also. Yeah, well, someone has to interpret what those mimes are doing. And hopefully they're the ones they're tricking. And so they're also, these guys are only kind of evil. Um, they do have the capacity for good. Oh. All right. Another kind is the Ifrit's IF. R-I-T-S, also called Ifrit, sometimes called Ifrit. Uh, this is one of the more well-known ones. Their natural form is said to be giant winged creatures made of fire. This sounds pretty badass. Hmm. Um, so, but it, because, like I said, originally, you know, they were created after people and they got pissed. So they want to lure people to do evil things. So they'll yeah. fall out of favor with God. Um. They also have social structures that are very similar to humans. Well, those humans who still have monarchies, I don't know if they switched into a democratic process yet or not, but traditionally, you know, they had kings and queens and royal families. They had a social hierarchy that was like those of desert tribesmen. Uh, they're very powerful and strong. And in modern days, they're thought to have become tech savvy in order to adapt to time. So they learn like this maybe this is the iranian hackers i have to fight all the time i don't know um then we also would explain, have, explain some things would explain some yeah, things yeah we also have the uh, iblis 
or Eblis, E-B-L-I-S, mm-hmm. uh, also known as Shatans, uh, which is where, uh, you know, it's a very similar word to Satan, and there's a reason for that. These are also the devils, um, which I got kind of confused about the difference between these guys and the Afrites. Um, so I don't have a thousand, you know, a thousand hours to investigate everything that we research. So apologies. Yeah. They seem they seem to be very similar. Uh, they are also known to be very prideful. They have a lot of confidence. And again, like the like the Ifrites, their goal is to make humans commit as many sins as possible. And they do this through trickery and lies. And in the Quran, this is described as whispering into the hearts. Unlike humans, though, these guys are creatures of pure logic and they don't make emotional decisions and they never commit sin. Uh, hmm. It's also said that those who learn the medicinal qualities of plants um, are actually speaking with devils. And these are the ones who introduce sorcery with them. So I don't know. So apparently, because I know what the aloe vera will cure my 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 burn, I may be talking to the devil. Um, a devil. A devil. And, it, and I think that's kind of one of the differences, right? Um, that within like the Judaic Christian Christian mythology, that it's a one, one devil. devil, and this is just a a type of thing you know, a type yeah. of devil that, but you know, obviously you know that both, both of the dogma from both of those religions are very similar mm-hmm. at this point, this point in time, you know? Yeah. And the last one we're going to talk about are the Marids and they're the most powerful of the gen and Marid is Arabic for rebellious. So mm. all of these guys are a little rebellious, right? So yeah. they're all kind of, that's what they do. Um, but they're very hard to control. They have a vast knowledge in magic and have assisted many kings and priests throughout history. And they are blue in color. And this is the type of genie that we have in Aladdin. And so the blue is sought to represent intelligence and superior age. And, it, you know, so when they were creating the gens for this, the gen type for you know, the supernatural mythology, it was a combination of a lot of things. But this is where like the blue light is coming yeah. from. This is why they kept it. Didn't make him totally blue right. but still kept that blue light in there and they commonly live in the ocean and they're also known as spirits of the seas hmm. so to end this out i just want to talk about some of the modern beliefs because this is not something that is uh out this is not a historical lore this is the no. current lore that's no. believed mm-hmm. and so in the modern middle east uh the beliefs in gen are still very prevalent mm-hmm. more so in the rural and remote areas in the urban areas that you know those are ones who are like oh this is superstition there was a study um, in the UK um, and they interviewed uh, Moroccan, Pakistani and Islam, just other people of Islamic faith and above 80% of them uh, believed in the jet. So that's a pretty, a lot, lo- yeah. that's a large number. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah, and so when we have uh, theocracies like Saudi Arabia, they actually make the news like for brushes with the law. In 2009, there was a court case where a family tried to take a gen to court for harassment, claiming hmm. that the gen had evicted them from their house. It did not. That's wild. Yeah, the trial did not go through. Uh, but also, you know, speaking of evicting them from your house or a person, there are exorcisms to get rid of them. Um, hmm. Much like we exercise people in the Western culture for, for demons. For, for demons. Yeah. yeah, it's the same type of thing. But, you know, 
it becomes an issue because there are a lot of people, especially in these rural communities that have mental illness. And instead of getting treatment for mental illness, they think they are possessed by a gen. And so they're going to faith healers in order to, you know, evict, you know, evict this, um, so people, especially ones with like serious issues like schizophrenia, um, there's you know cases of people who've like gone for like decades without treatment because they thought they were being possessed. Um, and the faith healers have a number of different ways in order to exercise them, uh, usually done in one of three ways. One would be remembrance of God and recitation of the Quran, blowing into the person's mouth. Oh, I'm going to get yeah, uh, probably because you're whispering the word of God into the, I guess that's where that comes mm. from. Uh, you can also curse and command the gen to leave um, and calling upon Allah. Uh, also, some faith healers do believe that if you basically strike the possessed person, uh, the gen someone who's going to feel the pain and not the person. Uh, although hmm. there's a lot of people, Muslim scholars that were like, uh, this is kind of against like what we what we preach. Please stop hitting people, you know. Um, so uh, there was actually there was a case where family members accidentally killed a woman because they were trying to get the gin out of her, and so they basically beat her to death. Oh, um, no. And finally, to close this out, just to talk about how prevalent this is in modern culture, uh, Iran's supreme leader said that COVID was caused by gen. There you go. So explain a lot. It would start, you know, if we can just get the gen out, I don't have to worry about wearing masks or getting, you know, booster shots. So it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a, that is the story of the Wait, my, my small anecdote is I did have, you know, my the first other than obviously like Western culture person, like, oh, I've heard of genies, right? But as a adult person, the first like reference I heard to a belief of at all, whether serious or superstition wise, uh in Jin was um a, a friend of mine or a coworker years and years ago who was um uh, a Muslim and uh from his family was from Senegal, West Africa. And he would talk, make jokes about gin. Like if something fucked up was happening, like he would like reference gin. Like, but he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, I, I could tell that it wasn't like, he didn't literally believe that a gin was like an embodiment of a person that was going to walk into the room, but it was what they would blame yeah. things for. Yeah, it was so, that is a more urban version of it, right? Talking yeah. about them as like a superstition. Just like, you know, if you're Irish, you're still going to leave things out for fairy folk and think about right. brownies and sprites, you know. Um, oh, and it's like a lot of modern Christian people still reference angels and demons, but not necessarily, you know, not, don't necessarily think it's going to be, you know, appearing physically to them. But yeah, so anyway, I thought that was interesting. So that was like my little tie-in. There's my personal anecdote to tack on to the end of your amazing research. <laughs> So we're going to go into something really, really sad right now. Uh-oh. And that's going to be the state of trunk. I know. I, I was very distressed about this. So the good news is, is that Dean still has baby. Yes, in this, that is in good. This, in, this, in this state that he is in, whatever it may be that we don't know yet. And baby yeah. still is back to the original Kansas license license plates. So mm-hmm. and they're the or the opening shot she had ohio plates on her right and now she's back to kansas license plates and he opens the he opens trunk team trunk team trunk trunk is just a normal trunk
just a normal trunk. She's filled with fucking garbage. Oh, like yeah. that's that was even more stressful. And like there was like it, like empty food like containers and just ants. It was like, not the, well. It was not well cared for. Yeah, no, you're gonna have ants in there, Dean. This is how this is how you get ants. Uh, but there was also a Maxim and a Playboy. That's, that feels about yeah. right. So then there's some chick standing across the street watching him. And so, of course, like he tries to go uh, like see her and she disappears. Um, so we get cut back to Dean sitting at mom's house, the family house. And, and, and I think that like the biggest thing about this episode is just really illustrating what he was experiencing and what it was different from the reality that we've known to be established for the show. So he's eating a sandwich and, but it is kind of, and says Sam's on his way, which is an interesting comment. The funny comment here also is when she points out that shouldn't you be at work at the garage? And he obviously doesn't know about this job that he has. Cause I mean, whatever reality this is, if he has an apartment and a place and things like that, he probably has a fucking job too. And he is not there cause he's, you know, being puppy dog eyes at mom's house. Which is fair, but also it's a good point. And also, right then, so, um, yeah, I think it's interesting that in Dean's fantasy, like his job is that he works on cars. Of course. And then we've got, um, he decides that he really wants to mow the lawn for his mom. So he mows the lawn to Joey Ramone's version of What a Wonderful World. This and is the, the best version of that song, by the way. That's a was great ever version made. of that song. And yeah, if you can notice too, like how bright everything is, which is like some weird plastic bill color, yeah. And so uh, Kripke said, you know, they he was always getting you know notes from you know the network and other things. So I'm like, can you like brighten up this this you know this set? And so one like when they saw this, they're like, you finally listened to us. He was just like. No, this is, you know, on purpose. Yeah. But um, one of uh, McGee, you know, uh, the producer said that he's pretty sure that Crippy like has basically working with the devil because this was in Vancouver and this was real outside daylight. And there was wow. like during rainy season and everybody was laughing like there's no way like you will get like sunshine to like film this day. And it happened to be like the one day in maybe Vancouver. He, deal with a gin. He may have made a deal with the gen. Yeah. So, but it is really, if you look at this compared to even just the, the end of this episode, the beginning, the difference in the colors of what's being shot, I think is very interesting. And he does crack open a beer here. And I noted that it was an El Sol beer and I noted it, not knowing that it was of note, but there we go. Yeah. Huh. So, I've, I've also had that beer. And then Sam arrives with Jessica. <gasps> what? Jess is alive. Holy oh. shit. So not only is Mary alive, Jess is alive too. Oh my God. So they have a big fancy dinner for mom's birthday. Um, and Carmen is there too. Sam and Jessica get engaged. Oh, everybody's and all Dean happy. And Dean has a weird asparagus thing. What was the asparagus oh, thing? No. I, it was some stupid I, asparagus tower. He wouldn't have ordered that shit. Yeah, you know, no. better than that. I mean, like, does somebody order that for him? Nobody else had the asparagus thing. And I've eaten at a lot of fancy dinners and I've never gotten an asparagus tower. I mean, I would like an asparagus I would tower. Eat, I would eat an asparagus tower too. It looked delicious, but they were- Yeah, and I, would, I would pick it up like as one piece and just right. like, just gnaw it like a tree, just like a corn in the cob asparagus. You start, you start from the stalk part or do you go to the, to the top end first? You go to the top end, you do the tender parts, and then you just work your way down. Because you start like, the other end, you get it over with, and you get to finish with the tender part. 
fair, but I would just give up and like, I want to eat the good part. And then I'm not going to cut it in half and start in the middle and eat the tender of the good part and fuck the rest (laughs) of the stalks. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Sorry. Important questions. Important questions, guys. Um, so while Sam, Jessica are all happy, everybody's celebrating. And then Dean sees the creepy chick watching him again, but then she disappears. And so now his family thinks he's losing it. So at first they thought he was drunk. Now they just think he's losing his mind. Um, and so when Sam and Dean are alone, cause Sam really, Dean really, really wants them to all go like, let's go out, let's celebrate, blah, 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 blah. And this is when Sam kind of pulls him aside. And, and this is where you've learned kind of like a big bomb about this is, you know, everything like Dean's kind of just basking in like mom's alive. Dad didn't die a terribly painful death, at least. Um, caught I a have, big fish. Yeah, I mean, like, he played softball. I don't know, whatever. Like, everybody's doing their thing. And he's got, you know, Sam's not in danger all the time, like all this. But he finds out that him and Sam have no relationship, basically, and that he was a shitty fucking brother, and he owes money. Like, he's taken money from his family, and basically him and Sam have no fucking relationship at all. Sam's kind of the dick. So Dean was shitty. Oh, Sam's a ship. Sam's Sam's douchey about it. And so basically the, the summary is, is that Dean's not a very good brother and kind of a douche and Sam's an asshole, yeah. but they don't have a relationship. Yep. So, but really this is like the flip side, right? And so it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for. Right. Because you're going, and they, you know, when they were going through this, they talked about different versions of, what that relationship was going to be like and this yeah. was kind of what they they figured out would actually be what you know, if you don't have honey yeah what, what do what you have? Do have yeah so um he's so you see dean at home with carmen and she you know she's got a beer and she's kind of like he wants to make it up to sam and try to figure out like how to make their relationship happen again because he misses his brotherhood with sam and tries to explain that he's having like this is this this whole thing is like a second chance, but he can't really explain it. Um, anyway, so he just really wants to make the most of this and finds out that Carmen's a nurse. No, 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 no. He's really proud of himself. Yeah, no, he he first when he she was like, I'm going to work at night shift. And uh, then he yeah. pretty much thought that she was a stripper. Right. And then he was like, Oh, I'm dating a nurse and this is respectable. And then it was also gross because it was just like you're dating a sexy nurse. Yeah, um, that's true. Also, when he so he's Dean's there and he's watching TV and he gets an infomercial. There are Thundercats. And I, <laughs> I was like, Thundercats. Thundercats. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is when he realizes that the airplane crash that they stopped didn't they did. stop. No, it happened. And then, so then he goes to the internet and he starts looking up all these other cases that they had worked on, all these people they had saved and none of it had happened. All these people had died. The cases had proceeded and gotten worse. <clears throat> so, Which I think for, you know, a subconscious, if you're thinking about this, as this is something in your dreamscape, this mm-hmm. is really that debate that we're, we've been seeing build up in Dean throughout the season. And so it's this, the reality of the hero's paradigm, right? So right. you're knowing that you have sacrificed everything, but you did all this good. Right. And so... I think this is like his brain basically putting that in there, right? Yeah, it was like, I hey, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So now we see the chick, the random weird chick that keeps watching him in his apartment. So he goes to looking for her. And instead of finding her, he finds two corpses hanging in the closet instead. Very uh, mummified corpses too. Yeah, like real, weird. like real dead, real dry corpses. Uh, real hanging, dead. Like hanging by, their, hanging by their wrists. Not, not full not of gems. Not kind of 
yeah they 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 didn't they did not have gin inside of them they were Mm-mm. yeah so and then the little the girl pops up behind him again and then she flickers and they all disappear so and you can also tell when she pops up that she's getting worse yeah each time you see her like she looks kind of beat the first time you see her and then she's looking like deader and deader each time you see her like she's yep. like go she's fading um so dean decides to go talk to john's grave for a while uh about about all this um and basically knows that his so he's talking to his dad's grave to get himself to what he needs to accept is that he needs to go find the gin to put things back to how they were and that he knows that he basically has to trade this happiness that he has here for all these lives and asks, why is it his job? Why is this my job? Why do we have to make the sacrifice? And, and so it's kind of, it's pretty sad and poignant moment, but it's also this little perfect world isn't as perfect as he thinks too. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot, like, obviously he deeply values his relationship with his brother and he didn't have that here. And also instead of a single man tier, we got four man tiers. So, you know, he's not bawling. We got four tiers that come out. Um, And also that it was said because he did such a great job doing this monologue that there were grown men on the set crying. Oh, wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. It was really sad. It Um, was really well done. I think it was probably one of the best monologues that, I've been on this, you know, at least on the season, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So back at mom's house, it's like middle of the night and D- Sam hears a noise. Uh, he's, in mom- he's in bed with Jessica staying at the mom's house and runs downstairs with a bat and swings on Dean. But um, Dean is basically digging in the China cabinet. And, and sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this was a basically a shot for shot replica of the first scene where Dean comes to Jared. Dean comes to Sam when he was still living with Jessica. When he comes to uh, tell you know, to get him on the road with him to go look for John. Yeah. So this was ex- almost exactly the same, except that Sam can't fight. And that's why Dean like whips his ass within like a second. Mm. So everything like the bat, all that shit, it's exactly the same. And then Sam can't fight. So I think, and if you think about that from just a memory, like you're going again to that subconscious thing is like, this is what his memory is pulling in. His memory remembers that fight, but in this reality, Sam can't fight. Mm. Yep. Wow. Well, basically they, Sam thinks that Dean's robbing the liquor or the the China cabinet to go sell shit. And so, and Dean doesn't deny it. He's like, yeah, I owe a bookie money. And like, obviously like, we don't really know exactly what he's taking at this point, but we know he's not probably robbing it for money at this point, knowing the storyline and the characters, but, um, and that um, he's got to take this for his bookie lives may depend on it and give love to mom. And but then he takes one knife and then he leaves. So you know that like he's not robbing it for money. Yeah, but it's also, I think at this point, you can tell that he's made his choice to go. Oh, yeah, he's the he's gym. gonna go, he's gonna find the gym. Yeah. You and he's know just that. like, hey, he's like, tell me he's my saying lover. goodbye to that. And world. he's just like, okay, we're done. I know what I have to do. Yeah. So, but surprisingly, actually, Sam follows him and gets in the car and says he's not going alone. And then Dean calls Sam a bitch and Sam asks why. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's sad. So I drive off. Um, I'm like, I'm drinking. Actually, like, I've got a blurred, uh, I've got a blurred camera on. I am drinking my bitch, my bitch mug nice. for glass. Yep. So um, while they're driving, Sam finds notices there's like this paper bag in the seat, and um, there's this whole back and forth about you don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I do want to know what it is. Anyways, and it's a Tupperware full, of, <laughs> full, full of lamb's blood. 
It's like, you need a silver knife tipped in lamb's blood? So why? That does, <laughs> but that does go back and explain in the first fucking scene with the gin why Dean was walking around with a bloody knife when he hadn't stabbed anyone that we knew of at that point. He hadn't. It was a knife dipped in lamb's blood. Makes so much more sense. You're like, okay, phew. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that would be a really bad continuity error, but whatever. Anyways, um, so anyway, so it's just weird. And basically Sam's decided that Dean's having a psychotic break and Dean's like, no, there's real evil out there. People need to be saved. I'm going after this gin and that's all there is to it. So, and uh, he has like a really powerful line where he is like, if we don't save them, nobody will. Yeah. And I thought that was a really great line they put in there. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, then he throws Sam's phone out the window because, um, He's not going to end up in a rubber room. Yep. And he cranks the radio and we get some Skinnerd because oh, yeah. because Saturday, it's Saturday night special. Right did you there. say fuck yeah to Skinnerd? <laughs> I did. Welcome. Yeah. I, I did see a guy with a mullet today, which apparently are making a combat. They're, they're super fashionable right now. Yeah. So maybe so, Skinnerd will so also make a comeback. It's yeah. so hot. Mullets are so, so, so good. They're, they're, they're still not cool. Sorry. Um, I mean, like, I get, like, the one for funsies, but no. Well, for funsies, and if you have it, but, like, if you have one, you have to have a bitch in Camaro. If you don't have a bitch in Camaro, you can't have a mullet. That's just the law. <laughs> Them's the rules. Them's the rules. <gasps> so they get back to the industrial park. Sam's asleep, um, where where Dean originally had the interaction with the gin, and it's they're somewhere in Illinois, basically. Um, which is funny because it ties back to your Joliet stuff, but, um, so they go, um, inside and Sam's just keeps saying over and it looks, see, there's nothing here. This is cool. This is ridiculous. Sorry. I just got the whole Joliet, Illinois thing. Oh, oh, okay. It's crazy. That was a good good catch. That was a good catch. Um, and then, um, and, but then they start hearing noises and it's like, and then Sam's like, oh shit. So they, they wander around a little bit and they find the corpses that we had seen hanging in Dean's closet are hanging inside like this open area in this industrial building as well. And they've got like these IV bags from them, which is real fucking, that now gets real creepy. And you get the girl that was haunting him and she's got an IV bag from her too, but she ain't fucking dead yet. So they hear the gin coming. So they both hide. Um, and I guess like basically the concept is the gin, the gin is feeding on these people, like their life force, like draining them kind of their blood. But like that's like a weird gin vampire thing. But either way, he's draining them. It is very vampire thing. He also likes to smell her a lot, which was gross. Um, and so as he's like drinking from the IV, Sam makes a really weird, like aked out noise, which I don't yeah. blame him because I'd be like, ew, like I would have made uh-huh. the noise as soon as he sniffed her. Also, at this point, I noticed that the gin is in a very comfy sweater. Like it's very like large, like Irish cable knit. And I was like, huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was he's nice. chilling. He's cozy. I thought that building could get cool. A little drafty. Yeah. Um, so she and then so the gin's looking for it was so when after sam makes this noise of course now jen is looking for sam and dean um but but they kind of goes off on a mission right away from them and so they've pieced together that she didn't when she was kind of like murmuring and talking to the gin that's when dean kind of realized it's like she didn't know where she was she thought she was with her father and that's when i go oh shit and that's when dean starts to realize this is what's happening to him. He's being drained. He's being hung up there too. That's why he's seeing all this. Oh my God. 
Yep. He's getting some supernatural acid, which one, I was really glad that they called it supernatural acid. Uh, two, that I started picturing like what the pains of supernatural acid would look like. Like, would it just have like the devil's trap on it? Would they have their demon ambulance protection on it? Like, and so, I mean, is there somebody who's actually made this acid and passed it around? That's the questions that questions Liz has. And so, then my other question is, would I take this acid? I probably wouldn't, but, but you, you know, know what it, you just want to know if it exists. Um, anyways, so he realizes this is happening to him and he starts to catch a little bit of flashes of reality and and and, and all that. And he so, anyways, it's just very upsetting. Um, so he pulls the knife out and he's like, Look, there's an old wives' tale that if you die in a dream, you wake up. So Dean's like, fuck it, I'm gonna stab myself. But first, I'm like, oh, he's gonna kill Sam. I'm like, oh no, he's gonna fucking kill himself. And so Sam goes real hard and trying to talk him out of this. Um, talking about, and then you get moms showing up, and Jessica shows up, and Carmen shows up, and they're all trying to convince him, which is also super unfucking believable that all these people found them in o- Illinois at this point in time. So you know well, this is bullshit. But they're not even trying to convince him. They're not even trying to convince him it's real at this point, though. They give up. They're just like, nah, lean into it. It'll seem like a lifetime. It's cool well, though. It won't be. Well, I think if you look at what each of them are offering, it shows, you know, really what what kind of Dean desires, right? And so Sam is, you know, uh, offering, you know, I'm here, you don't have to worry about me. And when Sam's like, you know, Sam, so Mary is like, this is a dream you can get. Like, it is a dream, but you can get love, comfort, and safety. Yeah. Jessica says, you don't have to worry about Sam. Yeah. Carmen says that he can have love and family. And then Sam gives him, it doesn't have to be your job to save everybody. Right. So we get to see all these things that Dean right. really Dean desires. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Now, and they're, so they're offering all of that. And Sam's just like, why'd you have to keep digging? You were happy. But he knows it's all not real. I mean, like that. Begs, anyways, so I was say that begs the question: is like, is a you know a false a false happy reality a false world that's happy? Is that better than a real world that's not happy? I don't know. It's, Do you want to take the red pill? Do you I know, want to take the blue shit. pill? I know it's the matrix shit. Anyways, but yeah, so. He knows. Mom said. Mom. One of the uh, mom Mary's comments was, "It's better than anything you had." And Dean says, what? And so I think that that's when kind of his little like snapped around a little bit because there were parts of it that were perfect, but it, I don't think it, you know, anyways, it kind of wasn't. So anyway, so Dean stabs himself, which was pretty, you know, shocking. And then you cut to the actual world where Sam is there trying to wake up Dean and Sam's saying, I thought I lost you for a minute. And Dean says, you almost did. So that tells you that he really, really, really considered not leaving he really considered staying so um as they're untying dean of course Jin shows up and attacks sam but dean's able to get down and stab it so we got a dead Jin, and they realize the girl's still alive so they cut her down and save her too and dean says i got you which i thought was pretty also pretty powerful there's some really good lines in this in this episode just really good yeah. yes so we cut back to their motel and What's interesting is like, so every other like person in Sam and Dean's little, you know, fantasy world for lack of a better dream world, whatever you want to call it, um, was part of his life, except for Carmen. Like we had, we had never met Carmen before until we figure out who she is right now. She is the El Sol beer beach girl. Yep. Carmen. That's where she came from. That's Carmen. And her so, name wasn't there. I was intrigued that he chose Carmen as her name, but it's a good name. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good name. So anyways, um, yeah, so Sam verifies somehow he gets the hospital to tell him the medical status of the young lady they saved and it ends up she's going to be she's going to recover she's stabilized and um anyways so dean dean basically like dean and sam are kind of like feeling out how each other were and, and dean's like yeah i mean i'm kind of okay um and that he should have he should have seen it because sam was a wuss yeah um but sam's comment was i thought it was supposed to be perfect and dean says it wasn't yeah, and so I think, you know, Dean is trying to explain that it wasn't a fantasy, that it was a wish, and that a wish is different than what a fantasy is, mm -hmm. but Sam's also very proud, he's like, I'm very proud of you that you're able to get out of it, and with that's, you know, I think then we start getting into some oh, extra hardcore shit, because Dean starts talking about, look, we have lost so much, and you can really, this is almost the culmination of, because we're in episode 20, obviously, so mm -hmm. um, we're at the culmination of this season two, and really starting to see Dean struggle, and or at least his struggle is being voiced louder than it has been before, right. and and Sam is, you know, at this point, he's being cheery and not being bitchy Sam, which is always interesting when we, we get, you know, Sam is actually being somewhat optimistic. And he's like, it's worth it, right? Because we've saved all these people. And just the look on Dean's face is so good. Because mm -hmm. it's like, you can tell he still doesn't believe it, even though he went through all of this. Right. He's, he's still, still not sure like, that it's yeah. all worth it. Yeah. And That's a lot. Damn, yeah, is this is uh, there's a, so much in this episode. Yeah, it's a lot. Once I realized that it was like I, I kind of like you're kind of like oh I wonder what's going on I like alternately reality or something like that and then when you realize it's him hanging there too it was like oh <gasps> that was pretty. That's cool. I'm I'm glad. I are you judging I, me for not figuring it out sooner? No, I'm just saying you wouldn't have known like they hadn't released that there was like people being hung and drained by the gin yet. So yeah. I don't know. Well, it's been so long since I first watched this episode. I don't know yeah. because I've oh, you know, I, the last few times that I've seen it, I've come in with that that knowledge. Knowing, yeah, my uh, my omnipotence of, of oh. supernatural everything that I know. Oh. But yeah, I mean, yeah. so overall, though, I mean, what did you think? It was a good episode. It had some really good poignant moments, but also a little bit of humor mixed in. A little bit, not a ton though. Um, I, I thought it was really like. It was very like I guess an introspective episode for Dean in a way, um, and it was mostly fun. But like the big twist, like this is the second one with a big twist where I was like, oh my god! And like not that others don't, but like the one, um, god damn, I forget the episode name. It was just a couple episodes ago um, with um, our good old uh, our our good friend uh, uh, the trickster. No, um, the with um, the chick who ended up being a ghost the whole goddamn time. Oh, uh, the Sixth Sense episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that, that was another one where you're like, because oh, like when you start, because especially in like this one and in that one, it wasn't where it was like, oh, it's a bad guy and something crazy happened. You get like attachments to these characters, and there's a twist with those characters that you're attached to. I think that makes a difference. Oh, it's just getting good, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So today I was like, I'm gonna watch something. Fuck, I can't watch the next episode yet. I gotta wait. Damn it. No, well, I have to. Yeah. Speaking of next episodes. Next episodes. So we're coming up on the end of the season, folks. 
Yeah. So what we're going to do, because one, Diana is going to get her her wish. Diana just made a wish. I'm going to grant it. Maybe I'm a gin. You're my own personal gin. (laughs) I'm your personal gin. I may be inside a corpse. You don't know. Uh, So uh, the... For those of you who are doing a Diana and watching the show from the beginning, just to let you know, 21 and 22 are a to-be-continued episode. So what we decided to do is to put both of them together into one podcast episode. So we're going to take- Mega podcast. Mega podcast. I just watched a bunch of making it. So I know you it's did. Like a mega crowd. I it's the mega podcast episode. So we mm. will take next week off. Um, so part, part of that is selfish because I'm going to be hung over with shit. So. And I'm going to be busy with work. So um, so we'll be back. Um, you, you know, this podcast is coming out at the end of September or September 23rd. And then we'll be back with our double episode on October 7th. Ooh, so mark, you, mark your calendar. Make sure you've watched both the episodes. Smash the like button. Smash the like button. Will it be one, one thing of lore? Will there be two? We don't know. What, what, what? Crazy. All surprises. So Must many surprises. In. Let's tune in. And then when we're there, we're going to reveal some stuff about what's happening in season three with some mm. chances for you to find us in person. <gasps> heads, heads up to all our stalkers. Yeah. You know, if you're a good stalker, yeah, I don't know. Uh, bad stalkers. But so anyways, that's what's going on. Uh, and all of you who have hung in for these past, we're, we're almost, I can't believe how many this, so that's going to be a little like our 40-ish. We've done um, so many episodes. It's crazy. So many episodes. Yes. Uh, so looking forward to uh, clear, clear, you know, ending out season two. Um, yeah. Diana, I'm, I can't wait for you to see these episodes. I'm, oh my God. That makes I'm me so stoked. nervous when you say that. I always get nervous when your, you get really excited. Your mind is gonna be fucking blown if you're if you haven't seen these series. Your mind is gonna be blown if you have. You know what I'm talking about, so you want to uh, hear tune in to hear us talk about this. Ah, so, so much exciting. goodness is coming. Yes. Oh. So, yes. on that note, I think we can close out tonight's episode. Do you agree? All right, I agree. All right, well, cheers, bitch. Do you know what you're supposed to say? Why do you say that? Why did you just call me a bitch? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have it exactly right. All right. Uh, all right, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Or no, two weeks. Two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod. Or you can email us, devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks! Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't-be-a-dick production. Meow! Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow. <laughs>